right, everybody. Welcome to Entrepreneur Sessions, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining today. My name's Jennifer with my co-host, Mario. And we're so happy to have you guys here. We created this podcast as a, to just to be a wealth of knowledge for entrepreneurs, because we all know that it's a struggle being an entrepreneur, but if we can share knowledge, we can help each other rise. So we are very, very happy. Without further ado, I want to introduce our special guest for this episode today. It's Elvira Guzman. Elvira Guzman is so many things. She's a producer. She's a brand strategist. She's a publicist. That's um, her track record. I, I don't even want to mess it up, but she's done everything. She worked for Steve Harvey for nine years. She has produced. Um, she's been a stage producer. She's been an event coordinator. She's been everything under the sun. And she's been in the game for a minute. So she's a wealth of knowledge. So we want to go ahead and welcome Elvira. Elvira, I'm going to go ahead and unmute you real quick. Send you a cue to unmute. You got it. Hey, guys. How are you? Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. So, Mario, I'm going to pass it to you. I'm going to let you kick it off with the first question. Cool, Elvira. Hey, thank you, uh, first of all, for uh, everyone being on this meeting today and uh, conference, uh, especially you, Elvira. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. So the first question is, this month's theme is about blueprint, about building your blueprint and your dreams. And so uh, I, a question that I have is, how did you get started in the entertainment industry? Well, I actually started as an intern at 100.3 The Beat. And initially, I wanted to get a full-time position, but I didn't know that you needed a degree to actually work at a radio station, especially the number one radio station in Los Angeles, which is the number two market. So I had to start as an intern, which is something that I encourage every one of your viewers to do because it gets your foot in the door and you're able to get contact. So that's how I got my foot in the door. And after interning for three months, I wrote Steve Harvey a letter saying, thank you so much for the experience. And the next thing I know, he hired me and I spent the next nine years working for his company. Nice, nice. That's amazing. Awesome. I love it. So, you know, the theme for this whole this whole uh, June edition has been about the blueprint to your dreams, like how to create a blueprint for success. So, you know, working in the entertainment industry, because you've been in it for years, you know it's high pressure, you know there's a lot of um, competition within the industry. So how have you been able to navigate the industry successfully for years to be able to elevate to the stage that you're at right now in your business? Um, well, I've used a few different keys and actually that's an excellent question. Um, the first thing I would say is I've gone above and beyond what I've always been asked to do, whether it's been for a company or for a client, because what that does, it, it creates a great word of mouth about your services and about you as a person. Number two, I have not dated in my industry because just um, like it could be uh, good. It could also be very detrimental, especially if you're a woman you're not gonna be respected as much, especially if you're a CEO. And number three, I will say that one of the keys to my success is I have always treated everyone from the receptionist to the CEO with the same level of respect that they deserve. And what we both know, all three of us know, is that interns, receptionists, right-hand persons eventually become CEOs and they remember who was kind to them. So I would say that those three things have really given me a long lasting career. Those, those are great, 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 great tips. I love that. And that and that's something that people wouldn't really think about. But that conflict of interest in dating sometimes, it can really, it can, it can impact your industry. I mean, it can impact your success. A lot of people don't really think about that. So 
Um, sorry, Mari, you want to go ahead? Oh, no, you're great. You're great. All right, so I um, want to lead off. What was your one of your biggest challenges um, and possible setbacks as an entrepreneur? Because a lot of people on the call right now, a lot of them are business owners, um, entrepreneurs, or they're thinking about starting the business. And so it's kind of good. To, you know, a lot of times when you see a business, you see all the good things, but you don't always hear all the bad things. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you've encountered as an entrepreneur? The first challenge that I would say I've encountered is that minorities, especially women, it's very hard for us to get business loans. So if we're going to start a business, let's make sure that we could start it with zero dollars or let's get uh, investors that we know in our family or close friends, because when we go to the banks, odds are we're not going to get a loan. Number two, I would say that the biggest setback or the hardest thing to overcome has been my age. I started my business when I was 22 years old back in 2006. And so many people told me that I was going to fail, that I needed to spend more time in corporate America. But by that time, I already had five years of working 18 hours a day with Steve Harvey. And I had two degrees from USC. So I think I was very well equipped to start my business. But others just didn't feel that I was old enough. And last but not least, and I'll go back to it, is being a woman in the industry has been tremendously hard to get men and people of other races to really take you seriously. So, so what are some situations or some past projects that you've worked on where you had a client that you were going after and you could just tell that they weren't really taking you serious? What are some things that you did to kind of like level the playing field or to make them view you differently or that you were capable to take, to take that position or that job? Um, so number one is we never want to out anyone because that also gives us a bad name. And unless we could talk positively about others and that's kind of my brand. So I won't say who it is, but it was a very, uh, top comedian female. And I, I thought that because we were both women, she would actually give me the benefit of the doubt that I was an executive, that I could help her in her career, but instead she did it. And, um, she, uh, told me that she thought that I would gossip and that uh, I wasn't uh, respectable or whatever it was. And at the end of the day, I knew that it was more a reflection of her and what she was going through because she was kind of being um, put to the side in the industry and it had nothing to do with me. And number two, to answer your question is, never beg anyone to help them with their career. So if you get a bad energy or bad vibe from someone, just separate yourself as much as possible because that's gonna to lead to a lawsuit or much more importantly, negative health because negative energy turns into a bad immune system. Yeah, oh, I love and that. Industry is a small world too, because I know, uh, you know one person can know someone else. So yeah, and, and I feel like, you know, it's entertainment. So, so the whole lights and everything, but at the same time, I feel like, a lot of people, their self-esteem might even prevent them from promoting you or, or anyone else because they have a hard time promoting themselves. So, yeah, I, I, that's, that's the truth. For sure. I'm not a big Kanye West fan, but in his song, he does say that people at the top have the lowest self-esteem. And I can attest that that is 1,000% true. Mm. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy how the – and you know what's so funny is the majority of consumers don't – are fans and just people in general don't think that they think that money and success is like correlates with happiness and it has absolutely nothing to do with that so that's good uh what um how do you stay motivated you know despite the constant pressure to deliver anybody who's ever worked in pr i've done pr a lot of people some people who are on this call have done pr it's, it's it can be a thankless job sometimes they don't understand 
all of the cement, everything that goes into getting the placements. And sometimes they just, it's a thankless job. People think, and then there's a stigma around PR too, where people think it's just standing on red carpets and going to parties and they don't understand the mechanics that go behind creating that visibility for the client. So how do you stay motivated sometimes when you have clients that uh, just don't get it or don't understand the work that you're putting in? <laughs> To deliver. Well, first, the way that I say it is because I have to believe in them and in their brand. And if I don't, then I'm not going to be able to help them fulfill their dreams. So if I believe in them a lot and they just happen to have a bad day or a bad week, because let's just say that the media put out a story or let's say that they're getting a divorce, I'm willing to go through that with them and help them cope through that because I believe in the brand. I believe in what they're doing for this world. But if I don't, it's very easy to be like, you know what, let me get a client that's easier. That's um, a lot. Um, I'll have a better time working with them. Um, so I would say that. And um, the second thing is to celebrate the small things. Um, I'm a big studier of Jim Rome, and he says that we need to celebrate the small things just like we celebrate the big things, because if we don't, success is no longer fun. So if you land a big meeting or if you get a big deal or whatever it is, celebrate, even if it's like, you know, a toast or you know, it's doing a Zoom party with your girlfriends to say, you know what, I finally broke through and I got a meeting with Netflix today. Because if you don't, it's hard to stay motivated amongst all of this no and rejections. Yeah, that's true. So tell us about what, what was your big win? Like you started your company at 22. At 22, some people were still just in the club, turning up, not really having a real focus. To start a whole company at 22, you had to be in a certain mentality. So what was your first major project Kind of walk us through that project, how you secured it, and all those details. Sure. And um, the mentality that I was in is uh, during that year, my parents were just released from jail. And I was living in New York City, which is all across the country. And I was barely able to see them on holidays um, just because of my work. And it wasn't necessarily because of the money. And I was really motivated to start my own business. And during that year, I was virtually Steve Harvey's right-hand person, 18 hours a day. And he would ask me, he was like, Alvaro, you've done every position at my company. And I know I'm going to lose you soon because I care to retail. You're getting impatient with me. What do you want to do next? And I was like, Steve, I don't know. Like I was still going through all of the emotional things of having my parents release, them trying to be parents to me for the first time when I've been parenting myself for years now. And I was feeling like it's a little too late. Like now I have my thing going, but something inside of me was calling me back to California. And so one day um, Steve sent me to a meeting uh, to meet with the brand branding guru who his clients are Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake, and it's Steve Stout. And I walked into his office and I was like, wow, this is what I need to be doing. I remember walking through his office and I seen the corner where he was like, okay, that's Wrigley's and Justin Timberlake. This is Kodak and Jay-Z. This is Beyonce and so-and-so. And I was just so inspired about his layout and what he was able to do and not having the the corporate model that I had seen in radio stations. And then Steve also sent me to a meeting with Margaret Brito. And she was a publicist for my Carrie at the time. But when I went to her office, it was incredible. She had all of these producer um, things for movies and, um, and different CDs. And I was like, can you teach me about it? She was like, yeah, I got this percent on that, this percent on that. And this is why I never have to work again if I don't want to. But 
you know, my life is luxurious. And I was like, wow, I want to start a publicity and branding company together. And it had never been done at that moment because everyone just thought that you could either do publicity or marketing or uh, branding and you couldn't mix them. But I've always been told that you could do whatever you want until somebody tells you to stop. And you know how we do. Nobody could tell us to stop because we'll keep going. Yeah. So I started my company and at 22, I doubled my revenue at the time. Steve Harvey was only paying me $150,000 a year. And within the first year of business, I was grossing over $300,000 a year. And I went from one employee myself to seven. And I'm very fortunate that God blessed me in that way. Man. At 22 years old, you were at making almost half a million dollars. Like that's crazy. I kind of feel like your early life had an impact on that. You talked about your parents um, being incarcerated and then being released. It, it seems to me like you learned early how to be self-sufficient. Yeah. Not just self-sufficient, but I learned how to be a self-starter. Uh, no one was going to wake me up to go to school. No one was going to encourage me to get straight A's. No one was going to tell me uh, that I had to be somebody who gave back in the community. That's something that I had to have inside of me. And I will say that my parents did a really good job raising me up until 14. And to me, it was enough. It was all I needed. And I often say, even in my books, that if they didn't go to jail, I wouldn't be who I am today because I would be a lazy person that would probably have never gotten a job until after I graduated with a law degree at 23, which I could never probably use and make no money from. Yeah. That's real. That's, that's amazing. Stay motivated like that, you know, through, through all the uh, trials and tribulations. Um, you know, and, and with that motivation, I, I'm assuming that you brought it into your, your business. So it kind of leads to my next question. And securing press placements for our clients while promoting your brands and books. You know, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay excited? Um, and then that's the first question. Second question is, um, do you have like a mentor? You know, you're, you're mentoring other people, but do you also have like a mentor as well? Definitely. So for your first question, um, the way that I stay motivated, I'll give you an example. The last film that I worked on was with Halle Berry and it was called Frankie and Alice. And it was about a woman who was schizophrenic. And because I've had uh, mental disorders in my family, but bipolar disorder, I felt that it was very important that our communities know when someone is mentally ill so that if someone is uh, expressing those um, symptoms, they get help, they get medication, because a lot of them end up committing suicide. So I end up, I get motivated and I work hard hours. I'm never going to forget that press junket at the Four Seasons. Uh, Halle Berry had to do 26 <clears throat> interviews back to back. And of course, I had to be there with her to tell the media what questions not to ask or to continue to let them go or to make sure she's okay energy-wise because we always want to make sure as, because I was there representing Code Black Films, we get the best out of our celebrities so that people do want to go see these films. So I stay motivated because I work on projects that matter. I work on projects that will change the world and that will bring compassion and healing in some way. And your second question, I'm so sorry, I totally forgot about that oh, one. Uh, so like, um, you know, mentors, you know, an example, like when I go and work out with a trainer, a lot of times my trainer has a trainer who trains them. And so with, with your industry, do you have a mentor that you kind of look up to that gives you advice or you're kind of uh, self-motivated? How does that work out? 
Absolutely. The last time I stopped counting, I had 14 mentors and um, I've had mentors every step of the way. And mentors are just like friends. I call them sacred agreements. Uh, You might need them for a few chapters of your life, but not your entire book. So I've, I've had several mentors right now. One of my mentors is Marilyn Gill. She was the executive producer of the Monique show, the Queen Latifah show, tons of BET shows. She helps keep me motivated. She's a Latin woman in the industry that has made it to the top. And I've looked up to her ever since I was 18 years old. And people like her make me feel like I can achieve it and I will achieve it. It's just a matter of time. And yes, and in addition to that, now we have the ability to have mentors on YouTube on a daily basis. I listen to Les Brown. I listen to Dr. Miles Monroe. I listen to Jim Rohn. I listen to Anthony Robbins, Napoleon Hill, Warren Buffett. I listen to the greats because I want to continue to grow. Uh, Just because we get out of school doesn't mean that we have to stop evolving. I love that. I really love that you said that because education is forever. I think I heard a quote from Jay-Z one time that said that, like, I think he's constantly reading books and different things like that, but it's, it's a, it's an ongoing process. Now, being 22 years old, because we got a lot of young entrepreneurs on here as well, and that a lot of young entrepreneurs who will be viewing this, what advice do you have for a young entrepreneur who's starting a business and they're starting to scale up and they're, they got money coming in and they're, they're trying to learn how to really like just manage being the lifestyle of being an entrepreneur. What advice do you have or things that they should avoid while growing a business at such a young age as a brand new business owner? Sure. So the number one mistake that I did when I first started my company is I hired my friends and I wanted to help them. I felt bad for them and they had no background and they didn't even have any ambition to be in my industry, but I just felt like I wanted to give them a hand because I was doing so well and it didn't turn out well. They took the money and produced nothing. And at the end of the day, it tarnished our relationship because they looked at me different because they seen that I continued to grow, whereas they didn't, but it wasn't my fault. You have to give in order to receive, right? So that is the number of things. Do not hire your friends. And if you do hire your friends, make sure that they're just as motivated as you are and they have enough in the game like you do as well, because a lot of people will be like, oh, I'll pay for the whole business, but you know, you could come and I'll do this. No, they should put up as much money as you do if they're going to get the same percentages. Um, And I would just say for young entrepreneurs to work extremely, extremely hard. A lot of people tend to have this nine to five mentality, but I never had those hours. Coming up, I worked 18 hours a day. And for me, I I was happy if I got four hours of sleep. And when you're young, your body can take it. Um, Once you are past 30, not so much. So take advantage and get as much done as you can now. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then, with- um, as far as you know, in the, in the industry, you know, um, and you mentioned one of your uh, role models is Warren Buffett, and I know he uh, preaches about you know multiple sources of income, multiple streams of income. Uh, and so, as a publicist, do you do you kind of are you do you create multiple sources of income, or how does it how does it all work? The way that I've worked out my company, because I started right after 
I moved from New York. And when I was living in New York, in addition to helping Steve with the Steve Harvey Radio Network and his various TV shows, I also helped him with the stock portfolio. So he sent me to go read tons of books by Warren and Jim Cramer. And what I learned is that if you have a diversified business, just like a stock portfolio, it doesn't matter what sector of the economy goes down, you're always going to remain afloat because some of your pieces of the pie are still going to be doing well. And so I do the same thing with my company. So I represent comedians and actors and authors and business owners and big time companies like Code Black Films or 93.5 K-Day so that no matter, let's say that the acting world just is done. Well, guess what? People still want to go see comedy shows. People still want to go see music soul child sing. So I've always been able to maintain a revenue stream. And you're an author too. So that's another revenue stream. Can you tell us a little bit about the books that you worked on and kind of like the, the motivation behind why you created those books? Definitely. And I'm so glad that you guys are dedicating your series to uh, your blueprint. And that's actually the name of my first book. It's called Your Blueprint. And I released it back in 2013. And I was really motivated after watching a speech by Dr. Martin Luther King, where he talks about the blueprint of our life is incredibly important, that anything of value that's created has a blueprint. And so I wrote this book so I could teach every single person out there in a quick two and a half hour read that they can create a blueprint for their life. And so I structure it in a way to where they understand that every single person that's in their life is intended, whether it's good or bad. And just like I mentioned before, where we have sacred agreements, a sacred agreement where it's bad is you might hate going to a job because you're overworked and underpaid, but guess what? You're getting all these contacts and all this experience. You're supposed to go through that. We have to suffer a little bit in order to get to where we're supposed to be. So um, that was my first book. The second book uh, is called Purpose, Awaken and Succeed. And uh, in this book, I teach people how to discover their purpose in life. And my third book is called How to Awaken and Stay Awake. So once you're awake, once you found your purpose, a lot of people tend to go back to sleep spiritually and they can forget all about their purpose and they go back to a career driven life versus a purpose driven life. So my third book helps you stay on track. And last but not least, my fourth book that I just released is called The Day You Left. And that book came from, once again, my God space. I do morning show segments on Univision. And they wanted me to do a segment to motivate the youth because they've seen a rise in the suicide rate. And once I did research, the suicide rate amongst teens is up 80%. And it's the second cause of death. And so I prayed about it. And I asked God, what can I do about it? And God said to do what I do best, which is to write. And so I wrote this last book and I'm very grateful. It's been doing extremely well. And all of my books are available on Amazon. That's awesome. Yeah, and that, that, we gotta check the book out for sure because it's very timely right now, I think, um, to really help people out. A lot of, some people are not uh, in the best states right now due to the pandemic and a lot of different things. So that's a great resource to share. Um, what are all the revenue, dreams available for a publicist? Like, I know there's different facets. There's crisis communications. There. What are all the revenue and specific niches that a publicist can go into? There's an infinity amount, um, but I would say right now, the best opportunities are in cannabis. That business is growing at an extremely rapid pace. A lot of these new CEOs are not familiar 
with being CEOs, they don't know how to run major companies, which includes social media, includes publicity, includes marketing, branding. And this is an incredible time to get in that industry and really help these folks with their social media pages. Um, any potential and up and coming publicist can do just a little research and go to 10 cannabis Instagrams and they'll see that their numbers are extremely low and that's another form of revenue that those companies can make that hasn't been tapped into. So if I was an up and coming publicist, I would definitely say to get into the cannabis industry because of everything that's going on. I don't want to encourage your um, viewers to start with the music industry or to start with the film industry or start with the TV industry because as you guys know, all of that is being postponed and the stuff that is filming right now all of people there's a hundred people that want that want that one job so instead of fighting those hundred people why not go to a demographic where you're wanted and needed Man, that's true that's true you know that's because you know we're seeing we're over here in dallas texas and we're seeing these cbd shops and open up all over the place so um it's it's obviously a huge business but i know there's a time where you know you get the business that's speak uh spiking and then there's a time where it drops. So it's, I guess it's a matter of trying to get in while you can uh, before it uh, becomes uh, obsolete. Definitely, I was just watching MSNBC today and the CEO of Canopy Growth was saying that they did a poll in Canada and 17% of their adult population wants to try cannabis and they never have and they say that they're going to do it in the next 12 months. So 12% of their population is tremendous. So if we were to move those numbers over to the US or over to any other major country as a barometer, you could see how much that industry is gonna grow. That's awesome, I love it. So what other barriers have you had to uh, kind of wade and fight through? I know being a, a female and a woman, you know, person of color, what are some obstacles that you've run into and what are some ways that other people can work through those obstacles being in the PR industry? I would say the first thing is to get credit for your work. There's been a lot of ideas, uh, movies, books that I've never gotten credit for because I simply didn't have someone sign an agreement. In the industry, a lot of people be, will tell you, oh, I'll give you this, I'll give you that once you know you produce. But no, I want every single person that is watching to please have an agreement signed, even if you think the person is like a relative because money brings out the best and the worst in people. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Is everyone shaking hands and smiling face? The, with smiling faces until uh, that money crosses over it and everything just kind of changes. So it gets real after that. So um, no, uh, another question, you know, uh, there's a lot of risk in this, uh, in doing business. So I know you mentioned you're, you probably wouldn't do business with, uh, with family, but you know, initially, you know, a lot of times you take a risk um, regardless of who you're doing business with. And so what is one of the things that you, uh, you've taken a risk in, in business and how has it paid off? Well, I would definitely say that everything is a risk, uh, starting your own business, uh, getting new clients, uh, having new employees that you don't know. Um, and actually right now, I'm glad you mentioned that because typically I wouldn't do business with family or close friends, but I'm actually gonna be starting a new business with one of my cousins in Mexico. And I'm super excited about it and I believe in him. And one thing that um, I know for sure is that 
in Mexico, they don't have as many opportunities as here. My cousin is an attorney. He graduated in the top 10 class of all attorneys in Mexico, and there's 34 states in Mexico. That says a lot, yet he goes back to his home state and somebody who's selling hamburgers on the corner is making more than an attorney. And so I do believe that it's important that people in the US that have family members in other countries do invest in them and to start businesses that we know will do well that we already have here that they just haven't been aware of or they just haven't tapped into yet. That's good. So is there any, um, is there any final thoughts that you would want to leave before we jump into the Q&A section? Anything that you think is really important? I know we didn't really talk deeply about the PR side today, but anything, even from PR, from uh, any best practices when it comes to pitching or just any final thoughts related to that? Yeah, definitely. When it comes to pitching, I want everyone to know that if you send out 10 emails, the odds are you're gonna get nine to 10 no's. Don't be discouraged. With time, your clients are gonna be more well-known and with one major interview, then eventually they're gonna to start to get more. So don't get discouraged. And um, I would say that the, the most profound thing that comes from my heart is I wanna encourage everyone to live a purpose-driven life, not a career-driven life. I've done a career-driven life and all it did was get me sick and I was miserable with money in the bank and that's not a way to live life. If you live a purpose-driven life, you could have it all. You could have health, you could have money, you could have family, friends, love, absolutely all, but we have to do what God intends us to do. Amen. Yeah, because I've been told way when I got started with business that before you create a mission for your business, you got to create a mission for yourself. And a lot of times when you define who you are, that helps define your, your company. Um, so that, that's, that's, yeah, that's the truth. I love it. Sorry, Jennifer. I didn't All right. So I'm about to open it up, you guys. I'm unmuting the lines right now. You can unmute yourself. If you have a question, go ahead and ask a question for Elvira. Um, you can unmute yourself and you can also enable your camera if you choose to. If you don't feel comfortable, then you can just enable your audio. So anybody have any questions? Anybody got any questions? Hi, I have a question. Okay. I wanted to know as far as when with entrepreneurs, what is your, what do you, what is your advice on how to market? for small businesses and people that are just starting. Oh, sorry, Elvira, let me unmute you, um, unmute. Okay, there you go. Sure. So the first thing, if you're a small business, I would definitely recommend to do as much as you can for free. So I would say Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, um, and also reach out to your local Fox, CBS, NBC, local radio stations, and see if they're willing to give you an interview. And in your pitch, since you're doing it on your own, uh, just tell them your story. Tell them you started a new business. Uh, tell them why you would like to get an interview. And the main thing is to give them five talking points of what you could talk about during the interview. And odds are, once again, you'll get a yes here and there but that will prove to turn into revenue for your company. I know when I started my business at 22, what really made me boom was an article that Jamie Foster Brown did of me in Sister to Sister magazine. And I didn't know the power of media back then. I just knew that I would get 
my boss, Steve Harvey, on magazines, and he kept increasing his wealth. And it wasn't until it happened to me that I was like, wow, being in a magazine really is great for your business. So I would just encourage you to do as much as you can for free. And once you get to the point to where you can incorporate a publicist in your budget, that would be way better than to do a marketing plan because a marketing plan could be very expensive. I worked in radio and to just buy a marketing package to promote your business on radio is $30,000 plus in some markets. And it's just not worth the return. So I would say do that first. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Elvira, what are some best practices as far as things not to do when you're trying to pitch yourself? <laughs> some things to well, <laughs> well, when you're trying to pitch yourself, uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I would say to be long-winded. No, I used to be a producer and I used to hate when people used to email me like long emails. I'd be like, oh, I'm not even going to read it. That's just too mm -hmm. much. So the more precise you could be, the better. Also, um, in the subject line, make sure that we know exactly what it is before you get deleted and it's not even read. So mm -hmm. it's always important to put um, pitch, you know, dash box or you know, whatever it is, because they might not necessarily know your name, but just put something that will catch their attention. And even with me, there's been times when I follow up two or three times and they're like, I'm so glad that you, you followed up because I didn't even get your first email and went into my trash. And if somebody would have gotten all in their feelings like, oh, they didn't respond to me, we could have missed an opportunity. So just be persistent. That's so real. And I, that's like excellent advice. Cause I remember I used to write novels and I would get like no response, detailed novels with links and everything. And then I would just write three lines like, hey, I'm trying to do this. Can you chat? And they'd be like, yeah, I can chat tomorrow. I'm like, why not just do that from the jump? So great question. Um, does anybody else have any questions? I have a question. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, my name is Kiara. Hello, everyone. Hi, Miss hey, Elvira. Hey. Uh, so I'm a recent college graduate i just graduated in may um and i double majored in pr and broadcast um, i'm looking to start my own PA, pr uh, agency so i want to become my own publicist uh, do you have any um suggestions of how a, a college graduate should be able to get started of course i don't have any clientele right now i know it's really all about building relationships because i don't have any clients I know that I need to network and um, due to COVID, I can't really network the way that I want to because I'm more of a face-to-face -face person. Um, but do you have any, I guess, like uh, suggestions that you could probably help me out with as far as just starting my own agency? Definitely. First of all, congratulations. We're all so proud of you for graduating. Thank and you. suggestions, yes. I hope that you have a pen and paper ready, okay? So number one, I need you to start an LLC. Number two, I need you to start an Instagram, a LinkedIn, a Facebook, a Twitter for your company. Even if you're thinking about starting it in six months, you want to have your domains now. And number three, I would say to start to formulate what type of clients you want and to create a vision board. And every single day, I want you to look at your vision board at least nine minutes a day and just start to call it in. Let's just say, for instance, you really wanted to work with athletes and you know that they're going to be coming back or you really want to work with female entrepreneurs because there's someone that really needs to get more light in magazines or TV shows. Start to research who are the top hundred 
people in the United States and then start to get their contact information. And once you get your top 10 that you feel like, you know what, I would be so inspired if I could wake up and work with blank, 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 start to reach out to them. And once you start your company, you can at least start with one or two people on your roster. And from there, if you do a great job, they will refer you out to others. And I can tell you from personal experience that it took me 14 follow-ups to get Music Soul Child to be my client. But once he was my client, I was the only publicist that was able to get him on the cover of a magazine after, after he had been nominated over eight times for Grammys. So it is worth it. We do have to be persistent. And sometimes it's not, they might not even know that you're reaching out. It's usually the representation. So I would just say to do those things. And once you're ready to launch, do a big boom virtually. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I have a follow-up to Kira's question. Dang, LV, like 14 times follow-up? That I mean, that for me, that shows like the big difference in, in the consistency and why you were able to achieve the results. Because I think after, most people maybe do three follow-ups and then after that, they start feeling like uncomfortable. Like, let me just leave it alone. Well, how did you stay motivated? Or what were, was there any kind of cues or any kind of communication or anything that made you feel confident to keep pitching? To try to yeah, definitely. Um, the first thing that kept me motivated is because I loved his music. I was a huge fan of his music in high school, especially his song called Love that mm -hmm. got me through so many terrible days and moments. And so I just knew that he needed to get more respect. I wanted to see him on the cover of magazines. And for me, the way that it goes is if you're on the cover of a magazine, people who are, who are booking for the Jimmy Kimmel show, for the Oprah Winfrey show, the Ellen show, they're looking at who's on the cover of magazines so that they could book you for their shows. And if you're not there, it's really hard to skip that step. And so I knew I needed to do certain things in his career in order for more people to be able to hear that song. And maybe they would be helped or healed in some way, the way that that song helped me. And so that is what really helped. And nobody don't worry about oh i'm bothering them yeah if you're if you contact a boyfriend or a sister or a mom like three times and they don't contact you back then maybe you're being a little bit you know pushy but if it's a client who cares just follow up follow up until they tell you do not contact me no more just keep going <laughs> that's funny uh, now, I have another question here difference between uh being persistent and harassing you know try to you know because i sometimes i try to pursue some clients and I try to figure out, okay, am I being persistent or am I harassing them? But you kind of answer that, you know, wait until they say no, then you just kind of fall back, I guess. Yeah, and another thing that I also teach clients is that you don't have to send the 14 follow-ups within a month. Um, you could send three, take a 60-day break, send another three, take a 30-day break, send another five. You know, it just depends on what the vibe is. If you know that they're going to be releasing an album, if you know that they haven't gotten any good interviews, then send another email. Don't send the same one. Be creative and be like, hey, I know this is what happened. This is what's happening. This is what I could charge you, but this is what it's going to turn into. And I know for sure that they're going to say yes. I have a question. I have a question. Oh, go ahead. Hey, hey there. How are you? Jennifer's hey. my name. I'm, hey. a fellow, I'm a fellow publicist as well. Um, Jennifer is my mentor. She's the best person I know. Mario's dope too. Shout out to these two. Anyways, let me go on. So I have a question. So now we would say that we would qualify you as a seasoned publicist. Now, being that you've been in the industry for some time, 
would you say that you've developed these relationships where you don't have to continually go back and send a pitch, send the email to get to, to get a placement? That you've developed these connections to where you know you, it's easy for you to get a client placed. That's that's one question. My second question is: Are you still are you are you still working as a publicist, or are you more focused focused on um, a different area? And those are my two questions. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. So yes, with time, you get to know the producers, you get to know the on-air hosts. And now instead of going through the email chains, I simply just text the host and I'm like, hey, can I come on or can I get my client on? And it's a lot easier. I will say that with other um, shows like the Ellen DeGeneres show, I've been working with them for over 10 years and I still have to go through the formal route because we're not friends where we go have cocktails or we email frequently. So it really just depends. And I do encourage networking no matter what stage you're in. Obviously mm -hmm. when you're a new publicist, I encourage you to go to as many events as you can or even virtual Zoom events now. And I always tell people that I'm mentoring that if you don't get at least five contacts, then you really wasted your outfit and your gas and your ballet mm -hmm. money you went for nothing and you really need to go and get those contacts. But I will say that at around year 10, people, you become, it's kind of like graduating in high school. You become who they start to reach out to. And it just mm -hmm. goes from there, but you do have to pay your dues. Um, mm -hmm. But eventually it will definitely pay off. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. And, and you had mentioned about uh, LLC or incorporated. Um, is there, was there a reason why you went LLC or just what was the difference? Definitely. So the way that I was mentored by Steve Harvey, his attorney and his manager, is if you have an LLC, let's just say, for instance, BET pays me $100,000, right? Well, if I claim that as Elvira Guzman, then the IRS is going to get 40% of that. But they don't know that I'm paying these clients or have these bills or this or that. But when you're a corporation, you can make those decisions on your own. So if you're a company, it's very, very important that you have an LLC. And more importantly, they showed me that you should get an LLC based out of Las Vegas or Colorado. They have better rules. Oh, that's good to know. That's good to know. So you're saying that we should go, even though I'm in Texas, I should get an LLC in Las Vegas or the other, other state? and not my, my, not my own home state? It depends on your personal business, but I would just encourage every person to research it and research the type of business you have. But that was the information that I was given by my mentors. Okay. Cool. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's good awesome. to know. Yeah. That's really that's good. Idea. Yeah. So does anybody else have questions on a regular day? Elvie's gonna tax y'all, so. She said, if you got a question right now, you better ask it right now, because... I mean, like, I, 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 I like to... Me, I have... I'm a publicist, so I have a lot of... I have a lot of um, relationships with different publicists and, and different outlets, and I like, on the personal level, on the, on the organic level, I like to really um, create relationships. So would you be opposed to us reaching out and, like, you know, really connecting outside of the podcast? Okay, perfect. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to work with you guys. If you guys have additional questions, I'm happy to answer them as well. Thanks, girlfriend. You're welcome. <laughs> Love it. I have another question. So I, I'm not, um, I have a product, so I do candles. And so I had an idea of trying to like send free candles out to like different 
um, like celebrities or different platforms and things. What is, what is your advice on that? And I think that's an excellent that idea, and that's actually a service that I provide. And okay. the tips that I could give you is to research what celebrities you feel will be receptive to your product and also send them a personal letter because if you just send them product with a business card they're going to think it's about money and they're not going to be willing to promote you but they will use your product but if you want them to promote it on social media write them a heartfelt letter about why you're sending it why you're doing this company because of course i'm hoping that part of the proceeds will go to a philanthropic effort they will be more than likely to promote it for you for free okay thank you Anybody else? Oh, I want to add to that. I want to add to that. I would also say, also, the, the talent or celebrity that you want to send um, product to, I typically always tell people when they have product they want to get in the front of somebody notable, always go through that publicist, the publicist that they have one, because that's typically the right way. That's your probably second in command or whatnot. And that's the individual who's communicating on their behalf as well. That's just my advice. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> All right. Well, if, it, if we're good with all the questions, Elsie, how can the listeners, how can everybody connect with you? What is your Insta? What social handles? All that good jazz. Oh, thank you. So my Instagram is I am Elvira Guzman. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Elvira Guzman. And my email address is super simple. It's just uh, my last name, first name at AOL, Guzman Elvira at AOL.com. But everyone's on IG, so just send me a DM and I'll get back to you guys. Awesome. And then you just dropped your new book. So can you repeat what the book is and also tell us any other projects you're working on right now? Yes, for sure. My latest book is called The Day You Left. And all of my books are available on Amazon. And they're about finding your purpose in life, about staying awake, about overcoming major obstacles. And my website is lvgpr.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys. Hope everybody had a good time. LV, thank you so much for joining us. She's an amazing entrepreneur. And we'll have the recap soon. So thank y'all. Everybody have a great evening. Thank, thank you, you so much. much.